Hey there, thanks as always for the stream, download, listen, however you're consuming this podcast, I appreciate that you are consuming it. If you want to take the extra mile, you can do even more to support this show. You can go beyond subscribing, beyond leaving an iTunes review, beyond picking up some merch. What you can do is be a part of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, the premium experience available exclusively through Stitcher Premium. All you have to do is go to stitcher.com slash notsam to sign up, and you will get not only the premium offerings that go with this here wrestling podcast, but the premium offerings that go with every podcast available on Stitcher Premium by signing up at stitcher.com slash notsam. You'll get this show each and every week completely ad-free at the same time every Thursday morning. You will also get my exclusive bonus show. It's called Captive Audience. It comes out every other Monday. It's where I sit somebody down and make them watch some wrestling that they normally would never watch. So far, I've subjected my wife to quite a bit of torture from Uncensored 95 to New Blood Rising. I made my dad watch WrestleMania 9. This week, I made my wife watch one of my favorite Royal Rumbles, a very controversial Royal Rumble, Royal Rumble 99. From start to finish, the whole three-hour show, Jess and I sat down. We watched it. I explained to her what was going on. She had a lot of questions. And you can listen along with us as you watch on the WWE Network only at stitcher.com slash notsam. Subscribe today to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, the premium experience. And we now start today's wrestling podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Tis the season, it's finally here. The last Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast before WrestleMania. Well, the last official episode. I would keep an eye on the podcast feed as I may have bonus shows going up this weekend. I'll be doing interviews down in New Orleans. I'm leaving for New Orleans 12 hours after I record this. Tomorrow, right after the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts Sirius XM radio show, I'm going to go do my morning show, and then I'm going to get on a plane, and I'm going to go right to New Orleans. I'll get into my entire WrestleMania schedule and all that it entails uh, during the bridge segment after the interview segment this week on the Wrestling Podcast. But we're going to be all WrestleMania weekend here this week on the podcast. This is the show to listen to just to get yourself all pumped up because I'm pumped up. I love doing stuff like this because we're here. You know, we watch the build for a show like this and For me, like you kind of watch and critique as it goes week by week. Ah, did they do enough there? Did they do enough here? Should we have gotten more on Raw with The Undertaker? Should we have done more of this? Why was this segment last? Why did they? But now, now we're days away. All the go-home shows are finished. All we can do is sit there, look at this card that we've got headed into WrestleMania 34, and realize that it's all going to happen, right? There's no turning back at this point. Uh, we're going to get to see all this, and it really is going to be a fun time. It's my favorite weekend of the year by a mile, uh, so to say I'm excited for it would be an understatement. We're going to break down the entire card as well as the entire card for NXT TakeOver New Orleans in the State of Wrestling segment. But before we get there this week, uh, instead of uh, just bringing on a, a wrestler this week on the show, I, as a fan, wanted to bring on another fan. And a fan that you guys love very, very much. I wanted Dan Soder back on the show. I think this is the first time he's done the show 
since our live show before SummerSlam last August. Uh, and and this is a guy who he hosts a serious XM show called The Bonfire. He is on the show Billions, if you watch that. He's got a big part on the show Billions. He tours the country performing stand-up comedy every weekend. I would check his website, dansoder.com. I'm sure he's got a show coming uh, to your town at some point. All over the place, this guy is. And he still makes time not only to sit down and yap wrestling with me for all of us here at Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, but he makes time to watch the stuff. He is a tried-and-true fan, and it really is fun getting to experience it, you know, uh, through the eyes of comedians. There's a there's a underbelly, there's a, a sub-genre of comedians that all get together uh, and watch wrestling and critique wrestling. Mike Lawrence is a great comic uh, who I know, who I believe he does the Masked Man show, but he's a great wrestling fan and always one to analyze everything that's going on. Michael Shea from SNL, I, I saw him, he was, uh, I... I Ran into him at SummerSlam. I ran into him again at the Royal Rumble. I think he might have been at Raw 25. This guy, you know him from Weekend Update on SNL. Huge wrestling fan. Uh, Matt McCarthy, I know, is a comic that's a big wrestling fan. So many people. You know, Patrice O'Neill, for you comedy geeks, was not only a massive WWE fan, but he was a writer for three days before Stephanie McMahon had to fire him multiple times. It's a great story that at some point I'll get into here on the podcast. But I am thinking at some point of getting together with Soder and Michael Shea and uh, uh, Mike Lawrence and all these people and doing a comedian wrestling roundtable. Maybe even doing a live show where it's comedians not necessarily doing stand-up, but we're all talking about wrestling. I think it could be fun. I think it could be a really fun thing. Uh, but definitely something I want to do on the podcast. But this week, the enthusiasm that Dan Soder has for WWE, especially WrestleMania weekend, is hard to be matched. He was going to come out to New Orleans with me, but he's, I think, in Buffalo this weekend uh, doing stand-up. So he was already, like, he's already, I, I just finished talking to him and recording this for you guys, and he was already talking about uh, next year when it's here in New York and how, you know, he wants to do everything. And I'm like, dude, I got you. Hang with me. We will go to everything next year. So he's very, very excited. He's got all kinds of theories. He wanted to hear my theories. We talked about the history of WrestleMania. Everything that two big wrestling nerds in their 30s would talk about. And I think that that's what we want to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, this week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, it's the best Andre the Giant impression in the business. It's the best Randy Savage impression in the business, no matter what Bruce Pritchard tells you. The man, the myth, the legend. This week on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, it's Dan Soder. And now, the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast interview. Well, at long last, back on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Dan Soder. Hello, Sam Roberts. But how would Andre the Giant say? (laughs) What if I just lost lost all the abilities? I'm like, I'm coming up. Even if... Trying not to do Andre, it sounded like Andre. Yeah, and still. I'm so excited for that documentary. I'm Andre. <laughs> Start doing Bobcat. I don't really know, man. What happened to Dan Soder? He was my, he was my favorite. And he blew a vocal. So let's uh, talk about WrestleMania. Oh, oh, WrestleMania. Do you have a favorite WrestleMania? Uh, five. 
Five. Yeah, that's the best for me because it was like Mega just, Powers collide. It was just everything colliding. Mm-hmm. It was like <laughs> I loved wrestling the most. Right. Uh, Hulk. I was a big Hulkamaniac. Oh, that was a good build up. That was a great build up. It was amazing. It was a year long. Yeah, but- I mean, I became. I think it's like you know that old saying where they're like, you should be. Uh, you should be liberal when you're young and conservative when you're old sure. or something like that. You should be a Hulkamaniac when you're little and you should be a Macho Man fan when you're an adult. Right, because you're a confirmed Macho Maniac now. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the way. Can't come on the podcast without doing the Macho King. And all you wanted to do was be Hulk Hogan as a kid. Oh, oh that's it. Oh, that's it. I just wanted him to pick me up from after school program once. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk Hogan was, though. I mean, if, if, you're, if you're a young kid trying to figure out his, his dad issues... Macho Man is not the guy you're no. going to. Hulk Hogan slightly is, abusive. Right. You don't want slightly abusive, narcissistic dad issues. Right. You want all American perfect right. dad. That was way too close to home yeah. already. Yeah. Oh, your mom is sassing up again. <laughs> oh, uh, no. dude, if you grew up with an abusive Macho Man dad, be terrible. Yeah, you're late. I said five minutes. One, two, three. Yeah, four, five. Now you're late. Now <laughs> I'm gonna go to the top of the stairs, drop an elbow on you. <laughs> he's, he's an abusive. Father is dropping double axe handles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He only abuses you in wrestling moves. <laughs> he goes, Yeah, keep talking like that. You're going to get pile driver. <laughs> he stomps every time he hits you. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, they're like, How, Where did he hit you on the doll? He goes, Well, he doesn't really actually hit me. Right. It's more, they go, Oh, all right. Right. It's it's like a it's kayfabe. It's abusive entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This but, isn't actual abuse. This is abuse entertainment. But, um, so for me, like, I mean, I have all kinds of weird, like, WrestleMania 7 is the first WrestleMania that I remember watching straight through as a kid. I was seven years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And But it's so funny, because, like, as a kid, I go, WrestleMania 7, WrestleMania 8, WrestleMania 9 were the best, because I was 7, 8, and 9. Yeah. It was whenever my, my wrestling fandom was really culminating. But when you go back and look at history... Those are easily the three worst WrestleManias. They're pretty terrible, but I was just going to say that because number 12 was the uh, WrestleMania 12 was the first WrestleMania that I paid for. I always had to wait mm-hmm. for the VHS at Blockbuster or, you know, whatever grocery store had tapes. Like, you just go to a video store and hope they had WrestleMania. Right. Even though you knew it happened. Right. But when, when Raw but or Superstars... it'd be Superstars, like two weeks later and you're like, do you think they have WrestleMania yet? Yeah. Right. Uh, itching for it. Right. It, the second they dropped, I'd be like, I gotta watch WrestleMania. <laughs> 12 was the first one I saw live. 12 was the first one that I watched. Yeah, and I paid for it like with my allowance. Like I saved up, uh, and I was like, I'm going to get WrestleMania. It was the return of Ultimate Warrior. It yeah, was yeah, yeah. Roddy Piper, Goldust Street Lot. Uh, back Hollywood Backlot Brawl. And then it was the, wasn't that the, um, uh, the Iron, Iron Man? Man. Yeah. The, the, which, in hindsight, cool. To me, that Iron Man match, and I think people are more cynical about it now yeah. with hindsight, but like that was the first match, so I was 12. Yeah, and that was the first match that I watched, and I was like, I like wrestling. Yeah, you know when, what I mean. Yeah, it wasn't just the showy it. stuff, yeah. and the, it was it was the moves and the in ring work. Like it's, that's when that's when a generation of us became consumed with like, well, their work rate isn't really what it should be. Exactly, it was Bret Hart. I think Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. You have to give a lot of credit to. Oh yeah, you go back and watch those Bret Hart and Mister Perfect. Yeah, there's just guys that you're like, what a worker. But that's when it became the main event. Yeah, like it was like you know the Bret Hart Mister Perfect SummerSlam they match would, that we they talk would about. just kind of facilitate the show right. under the big. 
uh, glitzy stuff. Right. But you're right. You're absolutely that's right after like, that. That's the most important thing. Yeah, the Iron Man match kind of broke that open. Is kind of like, okay, now we have to have good wrestling because that's why Stone Cold and The Rock were so popular because they had all that, like, the big production like cool characters and yeah. stuff but then in the ring they were just awesome right i got in an argument with michael che because michael che jermaine fowler and i are all on this uh wrestling text thread by the way i saw michael che after royal rumble yeah and i saw him he was like leaving and he just goes sam that was so fun <laughs> like, yeah. he was just yeah. in such a state of like glee yeah that's what's great about like uh <laughs> being friends with other wrestling fans is like yeah it is it's it really like, like and, and the people on you're the right side, yeah. it was fun oh man i had um but, wait, but i was supposed to be at that royal rumble and i got I the norovirus i know i was shitting and throwing up watching the when it was well your a, comedian friends had a great time and i, I went on the floor to watch nakamura win and it was like I just jumped into a sea of people. I was wearing my suit still oh. from like the kickoff show. It didn't matter. What a great rumble! Right, but we're here talking. About All right, rumble. so it, 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 I digress. Oh, I was arguing uh, when I watched um, Wrestle Kingdom, mm -hmm. Jericho Omega match. Mm -hmm. I was like, that was like, that was like Austin Stone Cold seventeen, mm -hmm. you know. And then uh, we got into an argument. I mean Austin Rock. I mean Austin yeah. Rock uh, seventeen, and he was like. Okay, and I'm like, dude, that's a 45 minute match, and Jermaine Fowler and I were like trying to argue for Omega Jericho, and then I mean, Michael Che was like, go back and watch it, and I watched it. And I was like, man, those guys were fucking great in the ring, and the way they worked together, I was like, I was wrong. But Omega Jericho's up there. Omega Jericho was great, but to start comparing things to Austin Rock WrestleMania 17, yeah, it like yeah. gets sacrilegious. And it really was like a thing maybe where... maybe you can talk to me about Austin Rock WrestleMania 19. 19 maybe? would be the one I should have made the argument for. Right. 17. I was like, no. I went back and watched it. I was like, oh, these are guys breaking right then, and they're just. I mean, well, that trilogy. I'm gonna watch that match tonight. You should on my new TV about WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know how big of a mark I am? I have been. Uh, I've needed a TV for probably two years, mm -hmm. and Joe List was at my house. We were watching the 30 for 30 uh, Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick documentary, mm -hmm. and he goes, in a very Joe List way, he goes, how do you have three jobs and such a shitty TV? And I was like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, and then- <laughs> yeah, You can't be on TV and have a shitty TV. I had a really, it wasn't that shitty. It was just like this 47-inch that I got in like 2011, and it was kind of older. Yeah, but when you're on Showtime every week, it gets to a point where people yeah. have certain expectations, you know? But Mania was the thing that that broke me. <laughs> That's great. My friend was like, my friend uh, Gary Veter, who's a very funny comic, came over to play video games, and he's like, can we sit on chairs close to the TV? And I was like, is it that bad? <laughs> and then I was like, I, and then yesterday I was like, fuck it, it's Mania week. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, we wrapped Billions two weeks ago, I'm going back on the road. Fuck this. I'm going to go buy a good Sony TV. Yeah. So I got a 62-inch to oh, watch Mania. Oh, that's amazing. I, I, I'm, hey, you know. I'm it's going to be great. And Blown away. I'm super excited. I'm having people over. We're going to have some pizza. It's going to be even more exciting because it's the one time of the year now where WWE uses pyro. Ooh, so it's going to seem like an even yeah. bigger deal. Oh, man. I was, I was you know, contemplating getting, I'm going overboard now. I'm like, I'm going to get a sound system. <laughs> I was like, dude, just enjoy it. I have a sound bar now. Yeah. A sound bar. Just turn up the volume, man. Yeah, yeah. I, do, I do have a sound bar, though. That's pretty nice. You should have a sound bar. <laughs> yeah, everyone should have a sound bar. You, you need to have a sound bar. If you're watching TV without a sound bar, you're fucking without a condom. It's Be like, responsible. It's Can't, like wait, it's like when you text somebody and you get a green bubble back. You're like, no sound bar, yeah. huh? No, oh, you're not a sound bar guy. <laughs> right. Uh, so we're, the trilogy of Austin Rock matches, though, so important. Certainly, the I mean, it might be the only trilogy, but the most important trilogy in WrestleMania history because you look at, yeah. like, WrestleMania 15. A year at Stone Cold has only been a main event guy for a year, really. 
Yeah, was when first... was the I when was the I Quit match? Was that WrestleMania that was 11? thirteen? That was thirteen. It's so funny for yeah, Austin. Every other WrestleMania is this like really important thing. WrestleMania thirteen, yeah, is the I Quit match. What was fourteen? Did he do anything? Yeah, he won the title. In from Sean. 14. Oh yeah, but. That almost gets forgotten about because Sean was injured. It wasn't the greatest match ever. That was the Mike Tyson I thing. Mean, I just forgot about it. Oh, my God, that yeah. was. That was the DX Mike Tyson. But I feel like that WrestleMania was less about Austin specifically and more about here's the new WWE. Yeah. Or WWF at the time. Like, this is the Attitude Era. This is what's going to beat Nitro. Which, uh, looking back, was right. Right. 100%. Because I think it really was... We're the same age. So right. it's really easy to talk wrestling with you because... We really were, we aged perfectly with the WWE, mm-hmm. where it was like big and cartoony when we were little with bright colors to get us hooked, awesome characters that were kind of renegade when we were teenagers, yep. and then as we get older now, I like a nice, sensible champion. <laughs> I like a nice AJ Styles. I want John a, Cena really does have No, a... <laughs> no, I want a good in-ring worker and a oh. decent mic skill. So right. It's like you like I want a reasonable thing. As of course like, you do. I want all the steroids <laughs> into one man. I want him orange right. and yellow and red. I want him to be a starburst. A real-life superhero because superheroes really exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And- yeah, it was funny. I was, I was doing the, uh, for the premium podcast, the captive audience show with Jess, and I was making her watch Royal Rumble 99. Yeah. And I was just watching like all the sex and violence and chair oh, shots and blood. Yeah, because they're trying to be ECW. And she goes... Oh, you were in high school while this was on? I go, yeah. yeah. And she goes, okay, I get it. Yeah. You know, oh, okay, yeah. I mean, it's really not... You were a high school boy and you were watching this? If yeah, you, I get it. You can understand someone's psychology by watching... If yeah. they've watched wrestling their whole lives and they're around our age. Yeah. So WrestleMania 15 is the big Rock rock Austin match. And to me, that is like the mark of like Austin is the main guy. Yeah. And here comes The Rock. Two years later, yeah. WrestleMania 17, you've got Austin and The Rock both at their absolute hottest. Two years after that, you have WrestleMania 19, where it's Austin's swan song. Yeah. And I was doing a, I did a series of podcasts with Wade Keller, and we were talking about matches that should have gone on last but didn't. And in hindsight- Punk Punk Undertaker. You think that match should have gone on last? Instead of John Cena and The Rock? How do you not put on John Cena and The Rock last? I don't care. It's twice in a lifetime. Yeah, but only punk, twice. Punk and yeah, punk you and, just want Punk and the Undertaker to go on last. That was the best match of that WrestleMania, and because you're upset that Punk left because he didn't go on last. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shut up. But all in's gonna be cool. <laughs> shows up. You're just a smart mark. <laughs> of course, Punk should have gone on last. Uh, he better, has the best work rate in the company. It's the better of the work rates. <laughs> Cena Rock One was good, but wasn't that Cena Rock Two? That was Cena Rock Two. But if you get, get the C- fuck, I was so bummed out by that. It's John like, Cena versus The Rock. Like you're not gonna not end WrestleMania with that. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's it's never gonna happen. It's Superman, Batman. Even if they make a shit movie out of it, you still watch it again. You have to. <laughs> you're like, oh great. Which I was actually just wondering what would happen. Uh, I was actually hoping they would do a Blade, a reboot of Blade, <laughs> but actually the Dark Horse comic. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Um, yeah, yeah but WrestleMania. So I think we're both but, kind of but, skirting but, the issue that we're both saying WrestleMania 17 was the best main event. Yeah, it was WrestleMania 19 though. I wish that w- that WrestleMania ended with Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, which again, you know, in hindsight. It kind of sucks that Brock Lesnar landed on his head in that shooting star press because yeah. that definitely paints the whole match. But I really wish that Austin versus The Rock had gone on last for the last time. You know, nobody yeah. knew that was Austin's last match, but but you wish, right? You wish. You wish. Man, Austin really did it right, where he was like, "My last match is going to be going out on my back." 
I'm not telling anyone. Who cares? Yeah. That's it. He's just the fucking best. Like, whatever job you do, if you watch it, look at a guy like Steve Austin who just threw himself into wrestling, got so fucking good at it, played by his own rules, really didn't bend for anybody, and, no. it, and it worked out. And, and it, he he's followed, a legend. He followed the Macho Man's rules as told by Bruce Prichard. Win in the ring, lose in the ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He dude. lost to The Rock at WrestleMania 19 and said farewell. Yep. Didn't come back for another match. But, I mean, it, Macho Man was another guy that, that retired... Kind of in the right way. What? I mean, you know, he did Spider Man and then the rap album. So he had other things. I'm just trying to defend Macho Man. Yeah, no, Macho Man retired in a terrible way. You shut up. Macho Man, I mean, is the the last part of his WCW run was a mess, and yeah. then he did he did like a couple things for TNA. So does Stone Cold Steve Austin have the John Elway escape from wrestling? Like John Elway won two Super Bowls, retired. Mm-hmm. I would put him and Sean. Sean did. Sean too. did. Yeah. Sean. Who else? I mean, Which Sean, wrestlers had the best retirement. Stone Cold. I don't see how anyone does better than Stone Cold and Shawn Michaels. Sean had his match with the Undertaker again. You talk about WrestleMania highlights. Yeah. The Undertaker Sean rematch, which Great. went on last. One of greatest entrance. When he did, when he came out from yeah. the heavens, yeah. Undertaker was from hell. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Great. That was a fucking great WrestleMania moment. But. You know, you got one of the best matches in WrestleMania history. Yeah. You know, it's you can't Man, argue that it isn't. Misses, he misses a spot where he tries to jump on the Undertaker. Undertaker's laid up on a on the, the table. Uh-huh. And he, I swear to God, he broke his ribs. <laughs> There's no way Shawn Michaels didn't break his ribs on that. Yeah, it doesn't happen without he doing that. He came off, he's like, <laughs> Just made that noise. He made that Shane McMahon noise that he made on SmackDown uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I puked too much and I have no vo- no water left. <laughs> that was Shane McMahon. It was bugging the fuck out of me. And you're kind of crying a little bit too because you're just like, stop. I'm going to beat you till you're Shane McMahon. <laughs> That'll be a good match. Oh my God. So let's talk about this. What gets the biggest pop in New Orleans? Mm. We've got... We'll talk about Daniel John, Bryant. We'll talk about John Cena Undertaker in a couple minutes because I still think that match is going to happen. So I, you've got it. You've got the idea of, of I, I John Cena and the Undertaker. Biggest pop at WrestleMania 34. You got John Cena and the Undertaker theoretically. You know the Undertaker coming out, dude, is going to get. About, how about just loudest reaction? Not biggest pop, loudest reaction. Because I, I'm going to mix two things together. My theory on what's going to happen and the loudest reaction I think is going to go when Paul Heyman. Teams up with Roman Reigns. You think that's going to happen? Yes. I think Roman Reigns is going to beat Brock Lesnar, and I think Roman Reigns will become a, I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. (laughs) What? What? Although, well, I've heard this theory, it kind of sounds to me like uh, everybody that always wanted John Cena to turn heel. Shut up. I just don't think Roman Reigns is going to turn heel. You don't? No. Have they learned that you cannot turn someone heel and grab more heat off them because Here's everyone what, wants them to turn heel and I, you're not allowing it? I, too, think that Roman Reigns is going to beat Brock Lesnar. But well, I, that's, I think that's a foregone conclusion. It has to be, right? Yeah. But I think, if Brock wins, I will be blown away. I think that we will, by the time we get to WrestleMania 35... Yeah, Roman, in New York! In New York, Roman Reigns will not be the champion... I bet Daniel Bryant will be. And either Braun Strowman will be wrestling for it or will be the champion. Yeah. I think personally, in my own head, haven't talked to anybody. This is just for me as a fan watching this stuff. I believe that already, 
even if it's in the back of Vince McMahon's mind, I think Braun Strowman has taken Roman Reigns' spot. Oh. And they're too committed to Roman Reigns. They're like, no, we're going to try. But it's that thing of where you're like, you know how when you're in a long-term relationship, it takes half the relationship to get out of the relationship? Yep. Part of me feels like... They're in the getting out of the relationship with Roman Reigns They're stage? like, yeah, because they have a crush on Braun. And they're uh, like, I could definitely get Braun, and I think my life would be so good if it were just me and Braun. So big. <laughs> right. It's just Roman's fun, and I like his wet hair, but Wait, Braun's so big. You know... I thought Roman was what I wanted because he's so hot. But it turns but, out I wanted more of a big guy with yeah, personality. Braun Strowman gets me. He does. We just click. Yeah, I he, feel like... I bet he... Uh, I like I like showing off Roman Reigns to people, mm-hmm. but I want to spend all my time with Braun. I mean, I just want to go home to Braun. <laughs> right. Um, do you think... Who do you think Braun Strowman's partner is? So this is a good question, and this uh, goes into my theory. Going against um, the most lackluster tag team of all time. You don't like the bar? Dude, you cannot The bu- bar! You cannot buy heat for that team. <laughs> Holy well, shit. They put them on every Raw, and every Raw, I'm like, yeah, sideways thumb for me, too. Meaning, part, who gives a shit? Part of it is because- By the way, I love Sheamus and Cesaro. Right. Not together. Right. Part of that is because I think that they haven't fully established whether they're good guys or bad guys. No. That's, I think, the issue. Because I think they're a great team, and I think that they have amazing chemistry, and I like their matches, but I I do need to know if they're good guys or bad guys. And go full go with the tag team name. It's stop being Sheamus. The bar. Yeah. The bar <laughs> sucks. You don't like that? No. It, I would, And I, I'm not a fan of Brothers of, uh, or what's the what's Luke Harper's new tag team? The You don't like the Bludgeon Brothers? The Bludgeon Brothers. I love the Bludgeon Brothers. That is such a, you had two great guys that you, I mean. Had wrestling dark matches. I love the Bludgeon Brothers. I think they're great workers, but come on. And I'll tell you, at Fastlane, at Fastlane, yeah, they won that crowd over when they interrupted that match because the crowd was booing when they interrupted the match. Really? And then once the beatdown happened, the crowd was like, "Oh, oh, 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 oh my!" Oh, Luke Harper's got some. Eric Rowan's got some juice in the tank. That's that's quite a bludgeoning. No, there. Oh, what a blood. Um. So, so who do you think? So I think that uh, I'm. So. A couple weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about Braun Strowman winning that battle royal and how he, in effect, decimated the entire tag team division in one shot. Like they just. So I'm going, okay. And they go, well, you can't just have Braun Strowman beat the bar because now your entire tag team division is a waste of time. Yeah. And I go, yeah, that's true. But then I go, but what is more valuable? The entire tag team division or Braun Strowman? And I, I really sat on that, and I thought about it, and I went, you know what? Braun Strowman is yeah. more important than the entire division. If it's me, Braun Strowman is winning the tag team championships by himself at I, WrestleMania. I'd love to see that. Don't you love the idea I'd of Braun coming out with the two, two belts? Because it also, people go like, oh, well, you know, Braun Strowman should be in a big spot at WrestleMania. If you've got mainstream America, mainstream world now watching this show. Maybe you're a casual fan. Maybe you're not a fan at all is watching this show. You don't think when the big giant guy comes in and beats the tag team champions by himself. Which, by the way, are also two large men. But, giants. But, but you're, not gonna, just, yeah. you're not going to leave that show going like, I like that big guy who beat yeah. the team. Who's the guy with the uh, man bun with the shaved on the sides that Precisely. whooped everyone's ass? Precisely. Yeah, Braun. That, and I think- then I would move Sheamus and Cesaro over to SmackDown and just start fresh. Yeah. Don't even mention the fact that one guy beat them both. Yeah. Don't. And maybe change their name. 
to something better. The bar. The bar. So, uh, but but the question remains: Who's going to have the the? So the loudest reaction is going to go to Roman Reigns becoming a Paul Heyman guy, which I don't think is going to happen. Man. But you do. I'll pop like a motherfucker if it does. The loudest it's, reaction could be Roman Reigns. Dun, dun, Just dun, the, dun, the wrong sound. Dun, dun. Yeah, he could get a huge boo pop. 70,000 boos. It could happen. Oh, especially if he Actually, throws, it's very likely to he happen. He wins that title, and then he goes on the corner and throws the title over. Well, what, what, I, I think the boo is louder when the music hits. Oh, yeah. That's where I think the boo comes in. I, I, think, think, I think there will be boos when he wins. I think it'll be a louder boo, because I think we're almost conditioned as fans that went, Boo. That's kind of like when the scene is John Cena sucks. Right. I promise, I promise, I promise more with Dan Soder in just a second. But as we talk about all these shows and where we started liking wrestling as kids and WrestleMania weekend and all the shows coming up this weekend, you sit there and you go, how do I get to experience these shows live? It's it's partly it's the it's the financial burden of it, but really it's trying to find tickets to all these events. And I've got the spot that's going to help you with both of those problems. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you about SeatGeek. The SeatGeek app is this incredible app that is available for your phone. I would download it right now because what they do is they bring together data from all of the spots that you might like to get event tickets from. And they put them in this one convenient app that lets you know that you are getting the best possible deal on tickets to whatever you want to go to. If it's a, a wrestling show, you want to get your WrestleMania tickets for next year right away. You want to get tickets for SummerSlam, Survivor Series, maybe Backlash in Newark. They're all going to be available on the SeatGeek app. They have wrestling. You want to see Dan Soder live? They have comedy. They have Broadway. They have all kinds of sports. They have uh, uh, concerts. You want to see Jay-Z and Beyonce on the run? SeatGeek app is the way to go. They'll give you a seating chart. It'll show you all of the seats that are available for the event that you want to go to and they'll grade the seats based on value. So if you don't care what it costs, you just want to sit in the front row, boom, there you go. That's what's available in the, in the on the floor, right in the front there. If you want to make sure that you're getting the best deal on a ticket possible, go for the highest value grade. Get that one. SeatGeek is going to give you exactly what you're looking for and it's guaranteed 100% authentic every single time. And here's the best news. Let's say you want to get the most expensive ticket available, but you still kind of want to disc want to, you want to get a discount. No problem. I understand that. So, just for the Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast listeners, you guys are going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. That's right. All you have to do is download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code SAM today. S-A-M. SAM. That's promo code SAM, and you're going to get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Get the app, put the promo code in, and now back to Dan Soder. Man, when I was saying, we were talking earlier about Hogan and Savage. I understood the Hogan thing. I remember being at SummerSlam with you a couple years ago and mm -hmm. booing John Cena during the AJ Styles-John Cena match. And s this little kid looked at me like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> like, what are you? And you were like, yeah, maybe. I go, but I, in my head, I'm like, oh, you're wearing a neon green shirt. I would have been yelling, wearing a yellow shirt. Right, exactly and right. If someone, and I would kind of expect an adult to cheer for Andre the Giant. Right, if but, I was watching Hogan-Andre. But when we were kids, adults... In large numbers are not going to sit there and be like cheer for their favorites. No. They'll bring their kids and be like, "What do we like?" No, I'm not going to 
cheer for, it's wrestling it's for kids I, I work <laughs> at a mill right you <laughs> I don't your mind? cheer for this what? I cheer for the Yankees and I tell my family I love them once a year right man children man child syndrome has only really swept the generation starting with I think ours like in the 80s but also fuck that man child syndrome it's what we're talking about we grew up the WWF became a billion dollar industry right in our lifetime right it's and not weird that a bunch of adults mm-mm. like wrestling you're like yeah it's a popular thing I bet NFL the NFL wasn't popular as po- half a tenth as popular as it was in right. the 60s as it is now and when during the Hogan era yeah it's not like you had references to Bruno San Martino and Ivan Putski and all this stuff going on really it was all about new 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 now of course they do everything they can to keep the older fans and the new fans entertained they right? want that money right they want the money they're, right this is a carnival act right they're targeting all of us now from whereas one before, carnival act as being a comedian right a form of a carnival act sure. to another which is wrestling you want to keep the people coming in dude People pay money to just sit down as you stand up and tell jokes. It's That's dumb. not the biggest carny thing I've ever heard. Do you know what those guys do? Throw each other around. <laughs> you know what's going to be watching them do that? A room full of comedians and queens <laughs> on a new TV. But it is, it's like, um, it's not surprising to me that there's so many adult fans now of wrestling. No, it makes sense. Just of how it's aged. Mm-hmm. I, I see sometimes on Instagram people will tag me like, hey, you know, uh, Bonfire fan, I brought my kid to SmackDown. And you're like, that's awesome. Right. That's awesome because there's a chance that I know for sure if when I have a kid and your son, if they're into wrestling, you're going to be like, yeah, I've been into wrestling my whole life. Oh. You're almost going to mark out oh, on your own. he'll be into wrestling. Yeah, but he's gonna, you're going to mark out on your own kid. Right. You're going to be like, oh, that's what you think? That's who you think is the greatest in your Just smart marking them yeah. the whole time? Yeah, I love it. Uh, I, you I would do, think that was going to happen. So what do you think is going to be a louder thing? The positive reaction for Daniel Bryan or oh. the negative reaction for Roman Reigns? I think Daniel Bryan gets the biggest pop. Me too. I think out of it. Uh, and I think they're going to do the intro smart. Well, they'll do... Kevin and Sammy first, Shane, and yeah. then the big, and then everyone, yeah, and then, and we're like, we're gonna see him wrestle, and just to see him in the furry boots, yeah, you know, in the red, and just come out and just yes, yeah, yes. I mean, it's gonna Dude, be, it's gonna be crazy to see him in trunks again. I was literally like, I was when I was watching him on SmackDown get beat up and then also do those kicks from corner to corner, I was gleefully laughing. Not laughing like you do when something's funny, just like yeah. laughing because you're so happy. <laughs> I was like, he, I was blown away. I was like, this, he can go. He's he, been waiting for this the whole time. Yeah. He hasn't stopped training ever. Really? No. Oh, that's great. That's great. No, he's been I was grappling, he's, gonna... he's been powerlifting, he's been doing all, he's probably in the best shape of his life. I was I was worried he was going to be like Damon Wayne's in the Great White Hype, where he just comes out with a belly, <laughs> and you're like, oh, no way. Daniel Bryan. No, no, not DB. <sighs> um, so, let's talk about The Undertaker and John Cena, because do, that's- Do you think it's going to happen? Uh, yeah. We're I, taping I, this on a Wednesday. It'll come out tomorrow. So it'll come out, yeah. yeah. So, I don't, I you can't invest four weeks of TV time with your biggest star- Who's a mainstream movie star now? Yeah, into I mean, a story that's just going to have zero payoff at all. It, it mean, makes no sense. Or is it the most wrestling thing of all time <laughs> to be like, "What do you mean?" He said no. Yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> that's the payoff. He said he wouldn't do it. He's uh, a fan now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, but that's where we show. Or even our even our superstars can be fans. That's right. It's cool to be a fan. Yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> Sit down, John. Uh, dude, I mean, does John Cena get on the mic? And say he's going to sit down, and then you think, what's your theory? Well, I think it could go, 
I think best case scenario, based on where we're at right now, he I, should have been on Raw. It's ridiculous that he wasn't on Raw. It makes stupid. no sense. That was stupid. Stupid. That was stupid. Let him come out on Raw. Yeah. At least a gong or or have the lights turn off. Flash his face on the screen. Have the lights turn off and then they turn back on and there's the hats in the ring. Right. Give us something. You know, he said dead man walking. Yeah, but he said it in a very, like, John Cena, oh, I'm telling it like it is. You're like, Cena, I love you, but shut up. But we have... Uh, Don't shut up. We, like, no, please keep going. Keep us going. You're very good on the mic. <laughs> we, we, have, uh, we have two scenarios for me. My one is that something happens at the Hall of Fame. How? And The Undertaker says, I'll be there. Oh, I'll be Challenge there. accepted. Yeah. I mean, social media will blow up. Yeah. Uh, that's Friday night. Well, yeah, Saturday. Friday it's Friday Saturday? night. Friday night. Friday night. So yeah, Saturday's takeover. Because we know who's inducting. We Road Dogs inducting Jeff Jarrett. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman's inducting Goldberg. Big Show's invi- inducting Mark Henry. Who's inducting Kid Rock? Joe C. Not gonna happen. He's whoa, dude. R.I.P. I know. Too soon. He's passed away. Unfortunately, Godspeed. Godspeed. But yeah, I think that. Uh, you could have the Undertaker going. Oh, they up haven't to announced who's inter- inducting Kid Rock. They haven't announced it. So the Undertaker. Oh, you're right. You're, goes that's up to induct ha- Kid that's how Rock. It's happen. There it is. And There's he goes, that opening. Dude, this, this guy he wrote a, he wrote a song for me, and I can't wait for you all to hear it Sunday night in New Orleans. Oh. I'll see you there, John. It comes out on a bike. Well, no, I mean it's just on a stage. But no, but I'm saying like, do you think he Sunday, can't come to the Hall of on Sunday WrestleMania? He comes out biker taker. Yeah. Well, and, and how do I feel about that? Well, and I'll I tell you, know. I'll tell you, because I've talked uh. about it. I've sold a lot of people on the theory. Because at first, the initial instinct is to be like, "No, <laughs> but, dead man, right. no." But uh, I, I think the or the other one is Kid Rock performs at WrestleMania, and at the end of the performance, Undertaker just rolls down on a bike. Either way, it's it's surrounded by Kid Rock because okay, at WrestleMania thirty three, yes, hat, coat, gloves left in the ring, correct? Oh, dude. Right, right. That's in the ring, okay? One appearance since then at Raw 25, bit of a debacle of an appearance. Yeah. Because it was like, what? What was that? But when he made his appearance, no gloves. Yeah. No coat. Yeah. No hat. He had the hood on. Yeah. He had that thing on that was not the Undertaker attire that was retired. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So that's why it's still in the wheelhouse here. Good theory. That this was retired, okay. okay? So now... The attacks that John Cena has been making at The Undertaker, he has not been attacking this character. Even CM Punk, when he tried to invoke real life, was talking about dead Paul Bearer, was talking about like stuff that pertains to The Undertaker. Yeah. John Cena. Mean Mark Ellis. Yes. John Cena is sitting there talking about his wife's Instagram. Yeah. His injuries. Undertaker doesn't have injuries. He's a dead man. No, he was talking about his injuries. He was talking about him being a coward. All all, everything John Cena did humanized the Undertaker, which is never done. Which is why at WrestleMania thirty three what we saw Mm -hmm. was was the Undertaker retiring. The Undertaker retiring. At WrestleMania thirty four, the man, not Mark. We're not going to go so far as to call him Mark. We're going to call him Biker Taker. The man who is Undertaker. Yeah. Right? That's who is responding to John Cena. And we don't go crazy. He's got. He's still got his black hair, not red hair. Right? He's what still, if it's gray? What we'll dye it black? 
He's still. <laughs> I see rock gray, dude. He's t- yeah. No, I see go Gandalf the White. <laughs> you come in full. He would look like a badass. Just showing up looking like a. Uh, uh, old biker taker? Yeah. Dude, old biker taker. <laughs> Let me just say this for the record. I'm on board with old biker taker. Except he might look like Mordecai, that uh, the, the yeah. guy who lasted two weeks on SmackDown. Yeah. Um, But he comes out now. He's wearing black leather pants, black tank top. You know, black, he's still wearing black. He still looks like The Undertaker, but he's clearly not The Undertaker. He's now this man who John Cena attacked as a man. So you don't think he comes bandana around the head? Bandana's fine. Black bandana. Okay. Black bandana. And then The Undertaker beats John Cena. And The Undertaker goes out on top. And that match, in my book, closes WrestleMania. You got a good theory, Robert. Okay, that's what I do. If it's my WrestleMania, because because when when you put it in that, so, uh, so when you tell put me it in the that, order of the last three matches, does it go Shinsuke? Uh, no, AJ? I, put, I I look because that's going to be the best in ring match, and there's no doubt about that. There's a huge possibility that Shinsuke versus AJ Styles is the opening match of this show. What? That's right. You're going to pull an ECW? There is a huge possibility, and that's because there have been world title matches. Yeah, I remember that. They will open the show. Not good world title matches. This one would set. I mean, if you're in the number two spot and they open Nakamura Styles, WrestleMania 34, and you're in the second match spot, you're like, what the fuck, dude? Right. Now, they could also put it on. God, I can't wait for Mania. You're going to be there. You're working for him. Yeah, I know. That's awesome. They I got could, a TV. They could also put it on second to last because the only match that can really follow Nakamura and AJ Styles, if it's as good as we think it could be, Taker Cena. Taker Cena, because whatever they do, it's so just think, awesome to see. Do you think the final three matches are Brock Roman, uh, Nakamura Styles, Taker Cena? I would imagine. Taker Cena, man, that angle. You got me all geeked up. Okay. Dude, if see? this doesn't happen, you better hide from me when you come back from New Orleans. I would probably do Roman Brock. Yeah. Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. Ooh, smart. Nakamura versus AJ. Smart. Into Cena versus Taker. So you think Charlotte? Charlotte versus Asuka right smack dab in the middle of the show. Yeah, that's going to be a hell of a match. Yeah. And then, you know, I I would- What do you open with? Mm. Intercontinental three-way? The triple threat? It's not a. It's not a Those terrible. Three of the best workers in the, in the game. Yeah, and big stars to big open the stars. show. Miz, Rollins, Finn. Yeah, because you don't want to open with. That's that's probably the match I'm the most excited for. Because I think that's the I'm right opener. Way over on Miz. Yeah, I think he's the best. I think him and Cody Rhodes are the best heels in wrestling right now, and I think uh, um, Finn and Seth are like awesome. Well, look in my book. Mm-hmm. Miz beats Roman Reigns for the WWE Championship or for the Universal Championship at SummerSlam. Yeah, I'm way on board with that. And and Braun Strowman beats the Miz. Okay, you so you think there's a babyface Braun? Oh, he's a babyface. He's a hundred percent babyface. He's as babyface as anyone has ever been. <laughs> and I've been saying this forever. And at first, people were like, "You're crazy, Roberts. You don't know what you're talking about." And now people are like, "Yeah, he's a babyface." Yeah, he's, he's definitely he's, he's a big, big baby face. He's really likable. Yeah, he's the man. He's awesome. Yeah. And by the way, the other guy who's awesome that's the future of this whole thing is Elias. Uh, well, so that's my question. Okay. Is Elias, that's my guess wait till for you his... hear. Wait till you hear Elias. I got Elias figured out. So, no, my guess is that Elias is Braun's tag team partner against the bar. Not a bad theory. 
I just think odd that, couple fun. Well, also they he's beaten the shit out of Elias. That big base standing base. One of my favorite recent moments on WWE where you're like, good, good. I but love that. Here's where I see Elias going because on on Raw, you know, Jonathan Coachman has been saying things like Elias is trying to figure out what his path to WrestleMania will be. That's not true at all, Coachman. If you watch the show, at no point has Elias said, I don't know what I'm doing at WrestleMania. At every point, Elias has said, I'm performing in New Orleans. Wait till you hear my performance in New Orleans. Every show for the last three weeks, it's been, wait till you hear the biggest performance in New Orleans. I'm going to perform in New Orleans. Yeah. In New Orleans, Elias comes out, spotlights on him, singing 70,000 people are sitting there watching Elias. He's talking about... Because New Orleans sucks. Yeah. New Orleans sucks. And then, if you smell. Oh, hell yeah. Here comes The Rock. You think it's a rock, Elias? Not like an official match? Oh, no, they won't do that. I mean, trust me, the movie studios would never let you. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, mm, Rock's a billion dollar thing. No, We're going to go ahead and say, no. Thanks for building him. Yeah. Oh, we took him to space. Yeah. The Rock has single-handedly brought back the disaster movie genre. Yeah, hell yeah, he has. He'll be not wrestling, but I think he could get physical. I think I, he does a rock bottom. I think, yes. I think Elias will receive a rock bottom. Oh, maybe man, maybe a guitar over I mean, how great would that be? That would be so great. That would be, I'm wondering. And then maybe The Rock sings a little Smackdown Hotel. I bet they do a, he comes out with a guitar on the ramp. When, with Elias is in the ring, and then uh, The Rock does a walk and sing to the ring, right. gets in the ring, they mix it up. Well, how about the... this? How about this? You know, The Rock used to be the only one that was around here singing in the ring. The Rock comes to WrestleMania, he sees you in the ring. The Rock doesn't even know your name. Oh, yeah. What's your name? Well, my name, it doesn't uh, matter I mean, what's your the Elias character sets up perfectly to be made fun of by The Rock. Yeah, I mean, how great was the Elias John Cena stuff? That's and great. John Cena let Elias get the better of him. Yeah. He ain't getting the better of The Rock. Oh, man. That's we, a billion dollars with a Samoan tribal tattoo. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, and now but the new cover-up. Right, right. The, that the, big uh, Brahma Bull thing. Yeah. But that's where I see Elias fitting in at WrestleMania. I think The Rock will be a surprise guy who comes out and just beats up Elias. Bray Wyatt. I am hoping that in the Andre Battle Royal, here's how the pre-show goes for me. Women's Battle Royal opens the whole thing. Mm-hmm. What time does that start? Five. Five p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Women's yeah. Battle Royal Cruiserweight Championship match. And we're go- we're looking at six hours. Seven. Seven <laughs> hours of wrestling. Seven hours. Yes. We're looking at seven. And then seven hours yeah. of wrestling. Seven. Oh man, seven. Oh, that's about man. right. <laughs> oh man, it's about what it should be. Sweatpants all day. Oh yeah, I'm gonna be eating. And then uh, 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 the the Andre Battle Royal. Yeah, ends the whole thing. And in the Andre Battle Royal, we see Jeff Hardy and Bray Wyatt come out with Matt as part of this broken universe. Oh. That's the way I see it. Dan, we got to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. We've run Man, out of time here. I, but, I, am, uh, I hope your theories are right. And yeah. If they're not, I said, hide from me when you get back from New Orleans. I will be <laughs> upset. Well, I'm so glad you joined us and uh, listen to the bonfire and Sirius XM, watch yeah. Billions on Showtime and Hell yeah. DanSoda.com. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, dude. Always good seeing you. I'll, I'll see you. On, yeah. I'm going to come on Jim and Sam like next week. Okay, cool. Right. Awesome. Next two weeks. <laughs> I'll just see you soon. Bye. Bye. 
Here is Sam Roberts. So thanks to Dan Soder for being part of the podcast again. One of my favorite people to talk about wrestling with. I mean, he's just, he's a hilarious, hilarious dude. And some of his theories, they're not bad theories. The idea that Elias would end up being Braun Strowman's tag team partner, not a bad theory. The idea that Roman Reigns would become a Paul Heyman guy, look, I don't think it's a bad theory. I think it would be an exciting thing if it happened. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think that the idea of Roman Reigns turning heel can be filed away with the idea of John Cena turning heel. We're not living in the WWE that we were once living in, you know, where Stone Cold might turn good guy, bad guy. The Rock might turn good guy, bad guy. Now, if we've got a guy who's a bona fide good guy, we're back to the Hulk Hogan era, where that guy's not changing unless something revolutionary like the NWO pops up, and... I don't see WWE making a move like that, especially with what's been invested in Roman Reigns right now. So we're going to get into the whole WrestleMania card, what order I would put the matches in, uh, maybe what I would have happen in them, as well as the entire NXT TakeOver New Orleans card in the state of wrestling. I can't wait to get down to New Orleans. I'm flying out there tomorrow afternoon um, on Friday, the annual tradition of Radio Row is happening. I think this has got to be my, I guess, 29 I started. 29, 33, 32, 33. It's like my sixth time at WrestleMania Radio Row. It's a really, really fun thing to do where uh, a bunch of media people, radio people generally, set up their, their radio shows and you sit at tables at WWE Access. So you get to see the place without a crowd in there because it happens at like 6 o'clock in the morning. And you're sitting at the table, you're doing your show, and as you're doing your show, WWE superstars pop in. And it's just, it's, it's just, you talk to a dozen guys in one sitting or whatever, and it's just a fun, fun morning for somebody like me who's the last professional broadcaster. So, already, uh, there's a plan to put a show up on Sirius. If you're a SiriusXM subscriber, Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, and... Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern, Samomania will air. It's also going to be available on Sirius XM On Demand. If you have the On Demand app, just go into Jim Norton and Sam Roberts uh, specials, and you'll see it there after it airs. Um, but that's going to be on Faction Talk, Sirius XM 103, and that'll feature a bunch of interviews. Uh, obviously, the interviews will also air on this podcast. Uh, if they're timely, maybe I'll drop them over the weekend, maybe I'll put together another podcast with a couple of interviews on it uh, to get you guys excited. Uh, I will, of course, in the weeks after WrestleMania, uh, put those out as well. And I'll put them up on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash notsam, unless uh, YouTube gets weird on me like they've been getting weird on me and takes down my channel. So I don't think that'll happen, but all of that content will be available for you. So that's Friday. And then, of course, Friday night, I'll be at the WWE Hall of Fame simply as a spectator to enjoy the show. Uh, another great annual tradition of seeing everybody, and, and that's going to be a blast there at the Smoothie King Arena. On Saturday night, I will be at NXT TakeOver. I will be a part of the NXT TakeOver pre-show panel along with Charlie Caruso and, for the first time, Pat McAfee, who's a former NFL player. Uh, he does a show on Barstool now, and it'll be a lot of fun to see what he brings to the, to the show. It's his first time doing stuff with WWE, you know, I, only a year ago, I was pretty new. I started in December of 2016. So, you know, WrestleMania weekend, which is only my 
I guess the TakeOver show was my third show and WrestleMania was my fourth show. So now we're a year and change in. Um, and I've, I've, I can't tell you how much I've learned an immense amount. And hopefully you've, you've watched me develop and progress and I'll continue to progress. But that'll be, that's always something I love doing because I love breaking down the NXT product. And I find that the stories that are told on NXT are so something you can sink your teeth into that it becomes a lot of fun to talk about those stories on a pre-show. So that's Saturday. Sunday, of course, is the big day. The WrestleMania, well, WrestleMania and the WrestleMania kickoff show. Believe it or not, they're happening on the same day. Kickoff show starts at 5 p.m. Eastern. And uh, I'll be doing my deal in the crowd, as you know I like to do. Uh, Same thing I did at Royal Rumble. Same thing I did at Raw 25. I'll be a man with a microphone amongst the people there during the WrestleMania uh, kickoff show. So if you see me, say hello and uh, follow me around and maybe we'll get your mug on camera. Hopefully some of you guys are wearing Sam Roberts t-shirts and not Sam t-shirts. Uh, and it'll it'll motivate me even more to get you guys on there. So I'm super excited about that. I'm super excited about the weekend. Uh, and then I'm coming home on Monday. I would love to stay for Raw and SmackDown and do the whole thing and just run away with the circus. But I got to go back to work. I got to go back to SiriusXM. I got to go back to putting this podcast together. I got to go back to Sam Roberts Now on YouTube, which you can get to at youtube.com slash Sam Roberts Now. That's a non-wrestling show, but we end up covering wrestling-related stuff. So the whole thing uh, is going down this weekend, and I couldn't be more ecstatic. Now, and and by the way, we're only really focusing on WrestleMania and TakeOver and stuff just because there's only so many hours in the day, but the stuff going on WrestleMania weekend, first of all, the stuff at Access, they've got guys from Progress and all over the place coming into Access. They've got tournaments happening throughout the weekend that are going to culminate in championship matches there at Access, uh, and then... You've got uh, all the stuff going on at uh, at WrestleCon where you've got Impact versus Lucha Underground. You've got Joey Janela's Spring Break. You've got uh, all kinds of great shows. Pentagon is working a bunch. Uh, 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 Joey Ryan is working a bunch. All kinds of really, really cool stuff going on at WrestleCon and meet and greets and, and everything that WrestleCon entails. And... Let's not act like the Ring of Honor show is not going to be off the chain. Cody Rhodes versus Kenny Omega, Marty Skrull versus Dalton Castle, like that is going to be a really I'm not obviously I'm going to have to miss the show because I'll be at NXT Takeover, but I will absolutely be going back to the Ring of Honor on demand service and watching that thing because it really sounds great. It's going to be a great weekend no matter what you're doing out there in New Orleans or if you're just at home watching on TV. It's going to be really fun. Uh Now, we move on, and we break down uh, everything that we can expect coming into WrestleMania this year. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me as we travel into the state of wrestling. It's now time for this week's State of Wrestling. Yes, welcome to the State of Wrestling, and a lot of people are already asking me about it. It's not officially a State of Wrestling topic this week, but I did see the photos that just broke of Shawn Michaels cutting his hair. Honestly, I think Shawn Michaels cutting his hair is the last vestige of hope that anybody could have had that he might return to the ring. Shawn cut his ponytail off. He doesn't even have the Dutch Boy haircut that he had when he first got back to WWE. He has short hair. He has a man's haircut for the first time in his wrestling life anyway. Shawn Michaels has a man's haircut, and that's a sad, sad day for all of us. 
not only because it means the boyhood dream has grown up, but because that means he's really not coming back because the heartbreak kid is not coming back with short man hair, you know? He's sexy boy hair. Now he's just, man, I mean, you know, still an attractive guy. But the long mullet, that was a sexy boy. Short hair is the haircut of a, of a, of a handsome, well-to-do man. And that doesn't have the same ring to it. So I think that that does officially put a nail in the coffin of the wrestling career of the Heartbreak Kid. Uh, but we kind of knew that was inevitable anyway. So, yes, Shawn Michaels does indeed have short hair. Uh, I see some people on Facebook. Of course, we're at facebook.com slash notsam if you want to watch State of Wrestling live when I record it. He got the corporate cut. He did indeed get the corporate cut. Uh, it's, uh, it's a sad day. It's a sad day. It says Triple H did the same, and he still wrestles, but Triple H was moving into a different part of his career. He was becoming an executive, and that act, uh, was part of his character as well. Sean doesn't want to wrestle anymore, so I just don't see it happening. Uh, Michael McMahon says it's worse than when Metallica did it. It was a heartbreaker when Metallica did it, and no pun intended. It's a heartbreaker to see the heartbreak kid with short hair, but I guess we all got to grow up at some point. Okay, so for today's state of wrestling, instead of doing the traditional, here are the top five stories in the world of wrestling, um, because it is a special weekend, and even though we just went down a, a lot of the card with Dan Soder in our interview segment, uh, I thought that I would... Look at the matches and break down what might happen at NXT TakeOver New Orleans. And then I've decided it would be fun to take all of the matches happening at WrestleMania 34. I put them in order. I booked the show. And I'll tell you what I think should happen in each of them, okay? So that's what we'll do this week on the State of Wrestling just because it is such a big weekend and WrestleMania 34 is such a big deal. So... At TakeOver New Orleans, uh, I would probably start the match, uh, start the show with, I might start the show with the ladder match, to tell you the truth. Um, I would either start the show with the ladder match or the women's championship match. Um, you know, I, because if you're not going to do the ladder match last, which I don't think you can, I feel like you maybe you have to do it first. So I would start the show with the ladder match. And the ladder match is for the inaugural NXT North American Championship. And I saw the the title. Triple H unveiled it for the first time on Twitter during the week. And it's gorgeous. I love that it's got an old school look to it. It looks like an old like Bruno Sammartino era championship title. I think it I think it looks so cool. So I love I love what the what the championship looks like. And uh, I, I think it's it's original and it's a fresh take in the sense that it doesn't look like anything in WWE right now, but it feels very wrestling. And to me, that's what NXT is about. It's it, NXT embraces wrestling and the traditions and and the way we grew up watching. I think more so than WWE does. So I love what the championship looks like. Of course, the ladder match is Adam Cole versus EC3 versus Killian Dane versus Lars Sullivan versus Ricochet versus Velveteen Dream. Um, there's two guys who I would have to decide upon winning this thing, and one guy who I think it should be. Uh, I think that Velveteen Dream is the stick out, but I think Velveteen Dream is the popular one. 
He can be, he has heel tendencies, but he can try to be a heel all he wants. It's never going to happen. People love him too much. He steals the show every single time he's out there. So I think that I would not give the, I, I would give the North American championship to somebody who's a bit of a spoiler. The fact that I'm putting it on first means that it doesn't need a happy ending. So uh, I wouldn't give it to Killian Dane. Killian Dane and Lars Sullivan, I feel like you're going to cancel each other out and just add some real impact into the ladder match. Uh, Ricochet, I wouldn't put the championship on because to me, it's enough just to see him. Ricochet in this six-way ladder match at an NXT TakeOver show, just being there is enough of a, oh my God, for Ricochet. He gets what he would get out of the match just by showing up. So I don't think there's any reason to put that championship on him. And quite honestly, I think that he will be performing for 205 Live in no time anyway. I would put the title, and, and Velveteen Dream, as I said, um, you know, I, I, I think that people want it too bad. I think that he's too big of a star without it, that he doesn't need it either. Ricochet just being there is enough. He doesn't need to be the champion. And Velveteen Dream is such an enormous star as it is. He never needs to hold a title in NXT. He can be, if he were wrestling in the main event for the championship, I don't think anybody would be complaining. So that leaves us with the two people that I think need to act as spoilers in this match, Adam Cole and EC3. And I would probably put the North American championship on EC3. And I would use the championship as a moment to establish EC3 as a bad guy, as a heel. Yeah, I, you can really establish somebody as a heel by making them a heel champion. So that's what I would do. You know, you've got Adam Cole, who's done ladder matches before. You've got Ricochet, who's like, you know, a high-flying guy. Like, these guys are, are supposedly... EC3 is not a ladder match guy. EC3 is a sort of classic buff dude wrestler. And as much as people love him and as much as people are excited that he's there... He has the potential to be that obnoxious heel. And I think that that's what he needs to be. And I think him being the champion instead of Adam Cole, instead of Velveteen Dream, instead of Ricochet, he can establish his heeldom quickly. So that's who I would put the title on there. Uh, I would probably follow that up with the tag team championship match, which is the Undisputed Era versus the Authors of Pain versus Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne. I would leave the title on the Undisputed Era because I think that those the tag team championship makes that faction stronger, uh, and they need they need a championship. Adam Cole not being the North American champion is made okay by uh, the Undisputed Era. On Wikipedia, it says Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, but it's uh, oh maybe. if Bobby Fish is injured, maybe it is Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly. The Undisputed Era being. The tag team champions, I think, helps take away the sting of Adam Cole not being the North American champion, if that makes sense. And I'm ready for the Authors of Pain to go up to the main roster immediately. And quite frankly, I think Roderick Strong and Pete Dunne are stronger as singles. And I think Roderick Strong would be a great guy to feud with EC3 over the North American championship in NXT. You move on to the singles match for the NXT Women's Championship. That is the match I would put on third. That's Ember Moon versus Shayna Baszler. I would have, you know, I would consider putting the championship on Shayna Baszler. I just, I really like Shayna Baszler. Uh, I can believe her as a, as, a, as a bad guy. Depending on how strongly they want to go with this thing, I wouldn't mind seeing Shayna Baszler as the women's champion 
and seeing Ember Moon go back to chasing that thing. I wouldn't mind seeing Ember, uh, uh, Shayna Baszler almost cast in a Brock Lesnar-type role for the women in NXT where she's just choking people out and appears to be unstoppable and is injuring people. And let's highlight the fact that since her last title shot, she's had several months more experience and has learned and has adapted. That makes her even more of a challenge. So I would probably move the title over to Shayna Baszler for this one. Uh, I would then go to the NXT Championship match, which is Andrade versus Aleister Black. I would keep, I, I, you know, I think it's going to be a hell of a match. I think both Andrade and Aleister are going to try to steal the show. I think at the end of the day, it's going to be Zelina Vega that steals that match because she's just a performer on a different level at this point. Um, but I think that Andrade should walk out the champion. I love Andrade as champion. I think since winning the title, he has... Uh, exemplified what the championship can do for characters. Uh, and I think that Aleister Black honestly could be on the main roster by Monday. So it's not it's not a big loss. You know, the, being in this match is and and trying to steal the show, having a great match with the championship, with the champion, is almost Aleister Black's graduation ceremony. He doesn't need the title. He's ready to have a great match with the champion of the world and then go on to the main roster, as far as I'm concerned. That's where I would go. And then I think you have to main event. And then uh, Alan is asking me, so are you putting uh, uh, Adam Cole in back-to-back matches? And I am. I think it adds to the story. I think if you put Adam Cole, if he survives this ladder match and then goes into the tag team match, you're kind of going to assume that Adam Cole's going to lose. But I think you can actually make Adam Cole look stronger by losing this ladder match. He goes back, he tapes up his arm, he comes back out to defend the tag team championship, and he ends up winning now. So he actually avenges that loss and let Adam Cole get the pin and be like, I can't believe after that ladder match war that he went through that he just won the thing. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, I would do that. Uh, and I would do that with Andrade and Alistair. I would end the show with Gargano versus Ciampa, and we've watched Ciamp, uh, We've watched Gargano lose a lot of big matches lately. He's almost taking on a 2018 Tommy Dreamer-type role that Tommy had in ECW, where Johnny is the crowd's favorite. Johnny is the guy that's having show-stealing matches. I mean... The, the the title match that he had with Andrade at the last takeover, uh, he put up his career uh, before that. You know, the, the even the even the show stealing tag ladder match that he lost alongside uh, Tommaso was a big deal. It had everybody talking the night that Ciampa turned on him. So I think that the story to be told there is Gargano can't win the big one, but I think at takeover. He does win the big one. He may be on the main roster soon. I wouldn't be shocked if he was. But I think he goes with his head held high because he's done enough serving his time. And I think you can still make Ciampa look scary without and, and let Gargano sneak out a victory. That's what I would do. Uh, some people are saying uh, Black needs to stay in NXT for a bit more. You know, I don't think so. I think he's ready. I, I think uh, Alistair Black is ready, and I think he's just such a unique character and has such a unique look that, that you know, for me, he's ready to go. Okay, look, I am ready to break down WrestleMania. WrestleMania, I have it as 15 segments, not counting promos and stuff, 15 matches and or segments 
including the pre-show. We found out this week that the pre-show will contain... We were talking about this last week and trying to figure it out. I I didn't think they would put both Battle Royals on the pre-show, but they are. It's both Battle Royals and the Cruiserweight Championship match going to be on the pre-show. So, I thought we should break down every match and put them in order of where they're going to be on the card. So here we go, WrestleMania 34, all right? This is where, this is how Sam Roberts lays out WrestleMania 34. Are we ready? Okay. We start at the kickoff show. First matchup is the Women's Battle Royal. And I know what you're saying. What does it do to the women's revolution, evolution, if the women are curtain jerking, as they say, if the women are are wrestling first at WrestleMania. And I've got to tell you, uh, I think that you've got enough female representation on this show that it doesn't hurt it. The women can afford to go on first without looking bad because you've got a couple matches on this show where you could leave WrestleMania talking about the women of WWE. So I don't think it's an issue in this case just because you've got Two women's championship matches, a, a women's battle royal, and a match, a, a mixed tag involving women. So that's four matches altogether, you know, out of out of whatever it is, 14, I guess, which is not bad considering where we were only a couple of years ago. Also, I think the women need to have something to work against that's current, you know, not just have this story of, women for so long were shown in this way and now we're going to be shown in this way. I want to hear Bailey and Sasha Banks tell this story of at WrestleMania 32. I want to hear Sasha Banks say at WrestleMania 32, my picture, my face was on the stadium. I was in one of the top matches at WrestleMania 32. Only two years later at WrestleMania 34, I'm in the opening match of the kickoff show. I want Sasha Banks, I want Becky Lynch, I want these women to have something like that that they have to fight against, even more so, even more than just being a woman and proving yourself in the industry. I want a little more something to fight against, and and that way it'll become even more special when eventually, praise be, we finally get to that Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks match. Inevitably, it's gotta happen. And it can be amazing. But I think if you go from like, look, we were in the opening match of the kickoff show. We're going to go ahead and tear the house down now the next time you give us an opportunity. That's a story I want told. And it's not damaging to the women as a whole. I think in the women's battle royal, um, a lot can be done. I think that you really the story of the women's battle royal has got to be between Bailey and Sasha Banks. I don't think either one of them should win the match because I think that they should cancel each other out. They should basically eliminate each other. I want to see some Sid Justice, Hulk Hogan action. You know, I want to see Bailey get eliminated by Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks say she's sorry. Bailey extend her hand to shake Sasha Banks' hand. Sasha grab it. Bailey pull Sasha right over the top rope. And Bailey gets some edge about her. You know, I, I think that uh Honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, w- one of the girls from Absolution win the Women's Battle Royal. I think both uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are, are perfectly capable of it. I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways it could go, and we could also have some surprises in that. So I can't, I, I'm not going to predict winners for either of the Battle Royals, just specific things that I think should happen. Um, the second match on the kickoff show, 
in my book should be Cedric Alexander versus Mustafa Ali. The second match, let's split up the Battle Royals. Second match on the kickoff show is the finals in the Cruiserweight Championship. And because it's felt like this thing has been all about Cedric Alexander since the beginning, you know, when this before the, this Cruiserweight tournament started, he was already in the title picture. So it's kind of been inevitable. But because Mustafa Ali has turned so many heads in the last month or two, because he's gone out of his way, because he's made his own promos and posted them on Twitter. His story is getting out there. It's becoming viral, and people care about Mustafa Ali, and he's doing something uh, that hasn't been done before in terms of who he is and how he's portrayed. I think that Mustafa Ali should walk out of WrestleMania uh, as the Cruiserweight champion. You know, I think people expect it to be Cedric Alexander. It's almost a foregone conclusion. And I think that the fact that it was almost a foregone conclusion before the tournament even started, when, as soon as the tournament was announced— they said, okay, I guess Cedric, this is what Cedric Alexander will do to win. Uh, I think it should be Mustafa Ali walking out of WrestleMania with the Cruiserweight title. Um, you know, that's just uh, that's just what I think. Uh, I, uh, I think we then go to the Andre Battle Royal, where I, who knows who's going to win. You know, last time there was an Andre Battle Royal, Tatanka and Shaq were in it. So I don't know, or, or two times ago, I suppose. So, you know, I can't call it. Gronk entered in last year. I wouldn't have predicted that Mojo Rawley was going to win the Battle Royal last year. The year before that, Baron Corbin's appearance was a total surprise. He came over from NXT to win the Battle Royal. I thought that was great. That's what that Battle Royal should be all about. People making an impact. Maybe Aleister Black wins this year, you know? Who knows? Maybe one of the Street Profits win this year. You never know who's going to win this thing. So I don't want to predict who's going to win the Battle Royal because it could go in so many different directions. But what I do want to see from the Andre Battle Royal is I want to see Matt Hardy utilized in a way. This is the last match before the pay-per-view officially starts, the last match of the kickoff show. I want broken Matt Hardy to come out, and I want the broken universe to be with him. And I want the broken universe to be Brother Nero. And I want the Broken Universe to be Brother Bray. I want to see Broken Bray Wyatt accompanying Broken Matt to the ring. And and put them all in the Battle Royal. Have Brother, or, or you know what, actually in hindsight, don't have him in the Battle Royal. Have Matt Hardy in the Battle Royal and have N Brother Nero and Brother Bray on the outside just simply there to support Matt Hardy. Really drive home that they are disciples and that they are soldiers in the in the. I'm sorry, not, I keep saying broken. I meant woken. They are, they are disciples in the woken war, and they are woken warriors. They are there simply to support woken Matt Hardy in his quest to win that Andre the Giant Memorial Trophy. Uh, and I think that that'd be great. I think people will lose their minds if they see Brother Nero and, and whatever woken Bray looks like. I think that that could be a really cool thing and something that adds some personality and some storyline and some reason for being into that Andre Battle Royal because sometimes it, it feels like it can be filler. That gives it a purpose. That's something that I would absolutely add. Uh, Diego says, how about John Cena in the Battle Royal? Win it. Cut a promo on Undertaker. He shows up, tombstones in him, and that's it. No. 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 I think John Cena is separate. Let the Battle Royal be about the Battle Royal. Let the Battle Royal be a chance for... Matt Hardy to shine. Let the Battle Royal be a chance for Mojo to have a spot. Let the Battle Royal be a chance for Zack Ryder to have a spot. If you just have John Cena win the Battle Royal, you know, what was the purpose of the Battle Royal? John Cena has already won everything there is to possibly win. There's no reason for it. So, and I wouldn't have John Cena on the on the kickoff show. 
unless he's in the audience as a fan because that's what he said he was going to do, be a fan. So that's 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 where I think that that's going to go. Um, I would open the show. WrestleMania starts. It's uh, Apparently there was like video that came out on someone's Instagram where they showed them testing pyro. So I would imagine that WrestleMania is the one show of the year where they will have pyro. Even though there's a domed roof, uh, we'll still have some pyro, which is awesome. You know, I love pyro. The opening match of WrestleMania, I would make it Miz versus Finn Balor versus Seth Rollins. And that's for a couple reasons. Uh, number one, you've got the Intercontinental Championship front and center. Number two, somebody's got to open it. And number three, you've got mega star power to start the show. You've got Miz, you got Finn Balor, and you got Seth Rollins. Three of the biggest names in WWE start the show. That lets you know how loaded this card is. When you've got those three guys as your first match, you're in for a massive, massive show. Um, you know, I think if you, and I, I would have Miz introduced first. You know, if you go, we're here, we're live at WrestleMania, blah, 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 you know, there's crowd shot, uh, uh, you know, yeah, 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 whatever that WrestleMania song they're playing is, all over the place. Then, I came to play, here comes The Miz. We're ready, we're jumping right into it, and a match with a storyline with three of the biggest stars in the industry in it starts the show. We're Now we're jumping in headfirst into WrestleMania, Right? I'd have that match go, like, make it an awesome match. 15 minutes, maybe even 20, but probably about 15 minutes. Quick pace, boom, 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 boom. Probably have The Miz walk out as Intercontinental Champion. I don't think that that's the night. At some point, you got to take the championship off him because I think he can do even bigger and better things. But I think that that might happen the night after WrestleMania. If you're going to take the Intercontinental title off of The Miz, do it on Monday. Let The Miz walk out of WrestleMania as the champion. You know, he did it again. Oh, he did it again, and he's talking about his kid again. I'm so sick of hearing about it. Great, great stuff. Miz walks out of the opening match of the WrestleMania pay-per-view, still Intercontinental Champion. Everybody's excited. We see the top three stars. Now, second match of the night, it's time for your Raw Women's Championship. By the way, I see Chase saying it's tradition that champion comes out last. I mean, you got to watch the show. You know, I don't. I don't think uh, that the when when villains are champions, very very frequently villains come out first. So that's why I would I would, I would definitely put the Miz out first. Second match of the night, Alexa Bliss versus Nia Jax. The women's championship is on the line. We can we can talk about the story that's taken place. Nia Jax is a role model, of course. This is the first of two uh, women's matches where a title is on the line tonight, and in this match. Nia Jax becomes your Raw Women's Champion. You know, I think that uh, I think that that's a, that's a, it's a good deal. I think that it's 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 a good deal, and uh, you know, I think it's a it's a positive thing, and, and it gives Nia Jax a chance to be Nia Jax. I want to see her dominate some people and and have people question who is going to be able to take the Women's Championship off of Nia Jax. You know, that's how I feel. Uh, now that the crowd has settled in, they saw the top three stars, they saw this women's match, it's like, okay, now we're started. Straight to it. No more waiting. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Match number three of the night. Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey versus Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. 
that is, and and the reason that's my third match is, you know, I I think that there is a chance that it may not be. Who knows how smooth Ronda Rousey or Kurt Angle will be? You know, it's all speculation at this point because we haven't seen all that much from Kurt Angle, and we've seen nothing from Ronda Rousey. So, you know, Triple H is going to be able to do a lot in that match, but who knows how smooth it'll be? Who knows how long it'll go? You know, probably not more than 10 minutes. Uh, You know, I'm sure Ronda Rousey, I'm sure it'll be very, very well choreographed um, and that they'll do things that specifically highlight positive things that Ronda Rousey can do. Uh, so I, I think that clearly Ronda Rousey and Kurt Angle will win the match. It's Ronda Rousey's start into what presumably will be a WWE career. But yeah, I would put that match on third and be like, wow, there's a lot going on here tonight. Okay. Now, as we're getting over seeing the star power, seeing, uh, Ronda Rousey do a couple of things that were impressive crowd goes down only to hear, oh, New Orleans. We go nuts again because here come the New Day. Match number four at WrestleMania is the New Day versus the Usos versus the Bludgeon Brothers. Now, this is a perfect match because it'll be a great match that has the ability to follow all the energy that is going to be sucked out during that uh, uh, Angle, Rousey, Stephanie, Triple H tag match because of the star power. The star power itself is going to drag energy out of us, right? So what's going to be able to pick to, to, to allow us to dip down for a second and then pick us right back up? It's that tag match. The triple threat tag match from SmackDown. Usos, New Day, and Bludgeon Brothers. And I would let this night belong to the Bludgeon Brothers. I think that this should be the time that they step up. Going forward, the Usos can feud, uh, can, can feud with the Bludgeon Brothers, and I really still believe that after WrestleMania, the New Day will break up. But I think that that's going to be a, a very, very good match. I think Angle, versus, Angle and Rousey versus Stephanie and Triple H is going to be all about that star power and spectacle. I think this triple threat tag match to follow that is going to be all about uh, uh, just great wrestling and doing something that we, the fans, really, really love. So we see new tag team champions in the Bludgeon Brothers. We're kind of disappointed because we love the Usos and we love the New Day and the Bludgeon Brothers just kicking ass. We like the Bludgeon Brothers, but they're bad guys. And, you know, I, I just don't know. We saw Miz walk out with the Intercontinental title. We saw the Bludgeon Brothers walk out with the tag championship. It seems like it's a big night for the villains. What's going to come next? Asuka versus Charlotte, our fifth match of the night, is Asuka versus Charlotte. Asuka's streak is on the line. Charlotte's SmackDown Women's Championship is on the line. Now this match, folks, this is an epic match. I'm talking 25 minutes. These two go at it, and they put on a show that could potentially steal WrestleMania altogether. This could be match of the night, and it's right smack dab, just about in the middle of the show, Asuka versus Charlotte. Now, what happens when Asuka takes on Charlotte, huh? Here's what happens. It's back and forth a lot. There's near falls. We can see it in these two these two eyes. Okay, Charlotte has never taken on anybody like Oscar. Oscar has defeated everybody there is to defeat, but she hasn't defeated Charlotte. Charlotte doesn't generally get beat on big shows, especially like WrestleMania, and she wears that title with pride. Before Oscar showed up, 
Charlotte was known as the queen bee of the WWE. Charlotte was head and shoulders above every other female on the roster. And here comes Asuka, and it's all anybody's going to talk about. Asuka could win over here. Charlotte. Asuka gets the Asuka lock on. Charlotte gets those long legs on the rope. Charlotte gets the figure eight on. Asuka's able to squiggle all the way to her ropes. Asuka's kicking her in the head as hard as she can. Charlotte's chopping her in the chest as hard as she can. It's a hard-fought matchup. 25 minutes in, Charlotte's arm and shoulder are sore from the Asuka lock. Asuka is, is, is very, very weary, and she can barely use her legs because of that figure eight. And after 25 minutes, Charlotte is going to get a roll-up, just like her dad would do, Nature Boy Ric Flair style. Ric Flair never won with a figure four. Ric Flair won with roll-ups and stuff like that. Charlotte is going to get Asuka in a small package. Asuka knows how to fight, but Asuka doesn't know how to deal with the tricks of the dirtiest player in the game. Charlotte, with almost no energy left in her body, rolls up Asuka and gets her for the pin. One, two, three. Asuka's first defeat happens at WrestleMania, and it's to Charlotte. As Charlotte is celebrating, she gives Asuka a hug. Asuka points to Charlotte, gives her a bow. Asuka leaves the ring. Charlotte is about to leave the ring as well. We're getting ready for our next match when... F-A-B-A-L-O-U-S. Is that fabulous? F-A-B-U-L-O-U-S? Whatever it is, that music starts to play. You got to be kidding me. Another fake attempt at cashing in this Money in the Bank briefcase. Where is Carmella? From the other, she doesn't come down the aisle. She comes through the crowd, whaps Charlotte in the back of the head with a briefcase. Charlotte goes down. She's got no energy. Throws the briefcase to the referee. We're starting this thing. Ding, ding, ding. Carmella beats Charlotte. One, two, three. Cashes in the, the, the money in the bank briefcase and wins the women's championship at WrestleMania from Charlotte Flair. Charlotte's livid. Carmella has spoiled this moment the same way she spoiled the women's Money in the Bank match. She ruined history. She's now ruined history. She's ruined this moment that was Charlotte giving Asuka her first defeat. But guess what? When we go to SmackDown on the Tuesday after WrestleMania, you know who the first challenger is for Carmella? Asuka. It doesn't happen on SmackDown, but it leads to the next pay-per-view where Asuka is going to become the women's champion, but she's going to beat Carmella to get that title. And if Charlotte wants the title back, eventually she's going to have to beat Asuka again, and that's going to be difficult to do. So that's what I do with our fifth match of the night, Asuka versus Charlotte. Uh, I see some people saying, uh, Sam, you didn't see uh, Ember versus Asuka. Of course I saw Ember Moon versus Asuka. I watch NXT fairly religiously. I understand that Asuka knows how to kick out of a roll-up. I'm telling stories here. This is what you tell as a commentator. It's not just a roll-up, okay? It's not just a, it's not just a, a small package or a roll-up. Asuka has done all kinds of dirty tricks. She did it uh, always in NXT. But we're, tell, we're telling a story about the daughter of the dirtiest player in the game. That's the story. Asuka can't deal with that part of it, you know? What are you getting all into facts for? Just, 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 just deal with the story that's that's at hand here. Um, we then go to number six, and you're like, "Oh my god, what match can possibly 
follow Asuka versus Charlotte, Asuka getting her first defeat, and then Carmella coming in and cashing in. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come out because they are fighting for their careers at WrestleMania. Match number six, dead center of the card, is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn versus Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. We have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. They come out as a pair first. Then Shane McMahon comes down the aisle. And then comes Daniel Bryan. Biggest reaction of the night. No one's noise will compare to the noise that is made for Daniel Bryan. I mean, it's going to be incredible. Fans are going to be losing their minds at the fact that Daniel Bryan is really, really back. Is he really back? He is really back. And he's wrestling, and he's putting on a clinic. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that in order to preserve the characters of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Sami Zayn has to do something sneaky like pin Shane McMahon. You know, at the end of the match, Daniel Bryan's not getting pinned. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens pin Shane so that they get to stay on SmackDown. But at the end of the match, we still have a glory shot of Daniel Bryan returned to the same building where he won the WWE championship, the Superdome in New Orleans. We revisit that, and even though his team lost the match, Shane McMahon then rolls out of the ring, and Daniel Bryan has a moment to just feel the audience, to absorb everything. Right there, dead center of the show, the audience gets to just expel every bit of energy they have into Daniel Bryan. As he is officially back, he's in his trunks, he's in his furry boots, and his team didn't win, but he put on a hell of a show. He put on a clinic in that ring alongside Shane McMahon against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So, and Zach is saying heel Bryan versus face AJ. Uh, Daniel Bryan uh, turns and writes Shane off TV. Daniel Bryan is, he might turn heel, but you're not booing him. Nobody's booing Daniel Bryan in his return match. Nobody's booing Daniel Bryan in the Superdome. It would make no sense to have Daniel Bryan turn. All you can do, at least right now, down the road maybe, but at least right now, all you can do is celebrate Daniel Bryan logically because this is the most exciting thing to happen for all of us wrestling fans in quite some time. So, you know, it wouldn't, and then to go to SmackDown and have him be a bad guy and think that in reality, people aren't just going to be ecstatic to see him wrestling again. It doesn't make sense to turn him heel. So that's why I would have Shane McMahon get pinned. And then down the road, the fact that Shane McMahon got pinned, then Daniel can turn on Shane, you know, in a month or two for costing them their WrestleMania match if you really want to turn him. But I think he'd be crazy to turn Daniel Bryan. Uh, so what? You, you sit there and you go, what? Literally, we just gave all the energy we had left. We're halfway through the show. And the crowd has no more energy because they gave it to Daniel Bryan in his return match. Well, that's when we can slow things down a little bit and have Elias come to the ring. Ladies and gentlemen, Elias. And have Elias come to the ring and perform for New Orleans like he's promised to do. He said over and over again he's going to have a great performance at WrestleMania. So Elias is in the ring. He's performing. He's killing it. 
He starts off with a really pleasant song. He's playing his guitar. Everybody's impressed. Then he starts talking about how much New Orleans sucks. New Orleans sucks. New Orleans sucks. New Orleans sucks. Only to be interrupted by, if you smell, oh my God, as if we couldn't get more excited. Here comes The Rock to interrupt Elias. That's when Elias says he doesn't know. I mean, The Rock says uh, it doesn't matter what Elias' name is. He does all his catchphrases. He catches, Elias takes a swing. He catches him at the rock bottom. Rock gets up on the second rope, puts his hand in the air, puts his eyebrow up, and everybody in New Orleans just goes nuts for the guy because he's just the greatest dude ever. So that's The Rock's moment. He comes on, rock bottoms Elias, leaves him for dead, and that's it for Elias too, okay? After that, we got to sweep up the ring. So while we're sweeping up the ring, that's when the Hall of Fame folk come out and stand there on the stage. And, uh, and, and everybody, and, and they accept uh, 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 being, you know, in the Hall of Fame. You got Jeff Jarrett and Kid Rock and Bill Goldberg and, and Ivory and Mark Henry and the Dudley Boys and everybody. They're all up there accepting their awards, right? After that, who's going to be responsible for getting the crowd back up? It's going to be the bar. And again, you know, you talk about champions. Uh, you talk about champions. And some people are saying Kid Rock eliminates uh, or, or, or interrupts Elias. Not going to happen. Kid Rock is being used later on the show. I'll tell you about that. Uh, and Jeff Jarrett has to be up there on stage to uh, accept his Hall of Fame thing. That's why The Rock interrupts him. And The Rock, of course, sings, by the way, too. He does give a little bit of a rock concert. Since Rock's baby left him. The whole thing. So, the bar comes out, even though they're champions, they are introduced first. Braun Strowman comes out, and he says that this is the time when he introduces his partner. He was told that he had to have a partner. But here's the thing, he don't follow the rules. Braun Strowman goes at it solo. It's Braun Strowman versus the bar for the tag team championship. And I I struggled with this for a while, I said, is it worth sacrificing your entire tag team division just to make Braun Strowman look like a million bucks? And I decided one thing. Yep. Braun Strowman beats the bar for the tag team championship. Sucks for Cesaro and Sheamus. Not the most pleasant thing in the world. I love that team. Love those guys. Braun Strowman is too important. A lot of people are saying uh, Braun Strowman got screwed. Last year he wasn't. He didn't have a WrestleMania match. This year he's in this weird tag team thing. He doesn't get screwed if he's got no partner, and he's the first guy to ever hold both championships uh, by himself. And then to uh, try to make the world forget that Sheamus and Cesaro uh, lost to one guy, send him over to SmackDown right away. Send Sheamus and Cesaro over to SmackDown. We forget the Braun Strowman thing ever happened. They do have a whole new career over on the blue brand. And uh, Braun Strowman shows up on Raw on Monday night, ready to defend the Tag Team Championship by himself. And you go with that for a little while. It keeps Braun Strowman, because otherwise you're going to want Braun Strowman in a WWE Championship match immediately. Everybody loves Braun Strowman. So let Braun Strowman be the solo Tag Team Champions for a while. I think it's great. Controversial call. But I think it's great. Uh, uh, it says a lot of people are saying the big show could be Braun Strowman's partner. Yeah, that could be cool. Be cool to see. Love the big show. Big show's in amazing shape. Uh, he's definitely going to be in town. He's inducting Mark Henry into the Hall of Fame. It's possible. But if it were up to me, I'm, not, I'm just saying if, if it were up to me, this is what I would do. I'd have Braun Strowman 
beat the bar by himself. Because people are going to leave WrestleMania going, I like that big guy who beat the tag team. I like that there's one. I like that big guy who's the tag team champions on his own. You know, the casual person is going to be saying that. So, and that's important for WrestleMania. We move on now to the ninth match of the night following the bar versus Strowman. It's Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, which shocks everybody. Everybody thought that was going to go on last, but it goes on ninth. Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, and it's exactly what you think it is. The match lasts about 10 minutes, hard-hitting, fists, knees, the whole deal, a ton of suplexes, but in the end, Roman Reigns wins the Universal Championship with Paul Heyman looking on in sheer horror and shock. He can't believe what's happened. Brock Lesnar goes down clean, one, two, three. Roman Reigns is your Universal Champion. Look, no heel turn, no nothing. Get it out of the way, but put it on ninth. That way, even if people hate it, It's not the last thing they see leaving. Tenth match. Tenth match of the night. People are saying, no way, boo, boo, boo. I understand. I understand people are saying boo. But sorry. It is what it is. Where do you think this is going? Where do you think this is going? You say what you want. You, we got the outcome we wanted in the first Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar match, which is Seth Rollins wins the championship. That's what we wanted to see. We got it. This time... Let the WWE have their time, okay? That's why I'm saying compromise a little bit. We saw a lot of cool stuff before this. Put this on ninth so it's not the last match. And you can do whatever you want with it. Going forward, you have Roman, and he'll lose the title either to Braun Strowman or The Miz or somebody like that going forward. But in the meantime, if Brock wants to go back to UFC, do what he wants, go ahead. We got what we needed out of Brock Lesnar. We're good. Now Roman Reigns is the champion, and he lost, and Brock lost clean. Good. We're done with that. Match number 10, cleanse the palate a little bit. We have uh, Randy Orton defending the United States title in a fatal four-way against Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal, and Rusev. And I think that the way you recover, everybody booing, everybody annoyed that Roman Reigns is still a good guy. He just won the Universal Championship. Wow. You know what I mean? It's, it's annoying. So what do you do? You have Rusev pin Jinder Mahal, and Rusev wins the United States Championship. Everybody's happy again. Everybody, yay, yay, yay. Okay? So now we're at match 11. And it says, Laramie says, this is your, your bathroom break. Well, I mean, the way I see it planned out, there's really not a bathroom break because everybody wants to see Rusev. He's so popular. So if you have Rusev winning, you know, that, that, none of these are skippable matches in my mind. If you lay it out like this and you do it this way, maybe I think that because I thought of it and sounds good to me, but I feel like this is flawless, flawless logic. Um, 11th match of the night coming off. And this is a double for SmackDown. This is great. We started with two raw matches, match number 10 and match number 11 are both SmackDown matches. AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Give him another 25 minutes to tear the house down. Hopefully we can get a legendary match. AJ Styles comes out on top. But to me, having that go on so late would give me the same feeling that having Undertaker and Edge go on last at WrestleMania 24 did. I didn't think it was going to happen. I was so happy when it did. I loved the match. I I thought it was great. That's what I want to see out of AJ Styles versus Shinsuke Nakamura. And again... You got everybody booing Roman Reigns winning. Okay, 
Well, do you still feel bad if Rusev is now the U.S. champion and we gave you AJ Styles versus Nakamura at the end of the show? AJ Styles goes out on top holding the championship. But that's not all. Because I don't know if I told you this, but at the Hall of Fame ceremony, we don't know who's inducting Kid Rock. It's The Undertaker. The Undertaker inducted Kid Rock. Okay? Nobody knew that. The Undertaker makes it short and sweet. You know, this guy did a lot to help create the American badass. And then he goes, and I think the American badass is ready for one more ride. John Cena, I'll see you on Sunday night. That's it. That's the Hall of Fame. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Kid Rock. Kid Rock comes out, he does his speech, but everybody's just freaking out because of what just happened with The Undertaker. Who cares, right? Kid Rock now comes out and performs. John Cena comes out. Kid Rock performs The Undertaker's American Badass. Undertaker comes out. He's all in black. His hair is black. Everything's black. But leather pants, T-shirt, you know, schmock T-shirt with the sides cut off, and bandana. And Undertaker rides his Harley to the ring one more time because Undertaker and John Cena close WrestleMania. John Cena comes out. His music plays. Where are you, big man? I saw you at the Hall of Fame. Where is The Undertaker? Are you scared? You know, remember that song? You go, dead man walking. Are you scared? Keep, no, no, not keep rolling. <laughs> I, I am American badass. Da, 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 da. Here comes The Undertaker on his bike. The Undertaker's real retirement match is the last match of WrestleMania 34. The character's last match was WrestleMania 33. The man's last match is WrestleMania 34. This whole build, this whole story has been about John Cena calling out the man that is the Undertaker, not the character. So the man that is the Undertaker comes out on that bike with Kid Rock performing. And in his last match in WWE, the Undertaker in his leather pants with his bike at ringside tombstones John Cena for the one, two, three. And the Undertaker is victorious. That my friends, is how you end WrestleMania. And by the way, his exit music, even though he's American Badass Undertaker, his exit music is that funeral dirge. His exit music is the gong. And we close WrestleMania 34 with that arm raised one final time. Because in 365 days, the Undertaker goes into the Hall of Fame. That, my friends is how I would do WrestleMania 34. Based on what we have in front of us, I feel like that show would make me very, very happy in my head. I've played it out. I'm very, very happy with that show. And that's how uh, I would get it done. Um, a lot of people... Uh, 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 yeah, so the gimmick is retired, but the, the man is not. Um, let's see. Undertaker drops that at the Hall of Fame and the WWE uses social media to advertise. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, yeah, the Undertaker should do it at the Hall of Fame. Keep in mind, USA is airing the Hall of Fame on Saturday. So if word gets out that the Undertaker was at the Hall of Fame that was live on the WWE Network, people are going to watch on Saturday. And if you watch the commercial for the Hall of Fame, it said that the Kid Rock induction was going to be on, because the USA version is a very, very condensed version of what's a pretty long show. But Kid Rock is going to be on the USA show. I noticed that when I was watching Raw and saw the promo. You can put that on the USA Network. 
and drive people to watching the WrestleMania pre-show on Sunday on USA and then tuning in to the WWE Network to watch WrestleMania, which, by the way, is free for new subscribers in case you hadn't heard. That's how I do it, baby. That's how I do it. Hall of Fame is on Friday. It's on USA on Saturday. It's live on Friday on the WWE Network. It's airing on USA on Saturday. Um, so yeah, there it is. That's where I see my scenario for WrestleMania 34 going. That's not a prediction. That's not rumors. That's not anything except me in my head looking at the matches this afternoon, mixing them around in order and thinking about what I would do with each match. I hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to go over to Stitcher Premium and subscribe to the premium version of Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast if you don't already at stitcher.com slash notsam. I appreciate you guys all being here. Have a wonderful, wonderful WrestleMania weekend. Uh, I can't wait to see what happens. Uh, And I will see you next week here on Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And subscribe for free to listen every week to Sam Roberts Wrestling Podcast.